This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, I don't think writers are sacred, but words are. They deserve respect. If you get the right ones in the right order, you can nudge the world a little. Or make a poem which children will speak for you when you're dead. End quote. And those are the words of the character Henry from Tom Stoppard's play, The Real Thing. The play was first performed in 1982 and centers around Henry, the playwright, and Annie, the actress. Now, I've not seen the play in person, but I have read portions of the script, including the section containing today's quote, and the dialogue is, as we'll discuss later, simply fantastic. And of course, we have to spend a bit more time on Tom Stoppard himself, because the man is both responsible for today's quote and extremely talented. If you're one of my British listeners, you may recognize this name. I did not when I originally heard this quote. And again, this is one of those ones that I've had in the book for some time. I wish I had gone at the time and written down where. I got it from. It could have come from a book. It could have been an excerpt from another play or the heading on an article that I read or something of the of that nature. But again, if you're British, you might recognize this name because he's so very famous there. And Thomas Stoppard was born, Tomasz Strossler, on July 3rd, 1937, in Zlin, which is in what was then known as Czechoslovakia. Now, obviously, this was a very difficult time to be born in the heart of Europe. And while Tomasz was a child, Hitler rose to power and started a war that would kill tens of millions of combatants and non-combatants, essentially in his backyard. And his family fled to Great Britain as Hitler, hell-bent on domination, led the world to a redrawing of the maps and eventual, even though decades later, dissolution of his home country of Czechoslovakia into the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Now, the Czech Republic's official shortened name is... Czechia, but I have it on good authority that the Czech Republic is the preferred name for most people who are from there. And Strassler, then Stoppard, went on to thrive in Great Britain. He wrote and published numerous plays and and screenplays, and his most recent work, Leopoldstadt, premiered in 2020 and won the Laurence Olivier Award for Best New Film. The man is in his 80s, for crying out loud, and he's winning these types of awards, so clearly he's a talented individual. Oh, and on top of all that, he's won an Academy Award, multiple Tony Awards, and he's ranked number 11 on the list of most powerful people in British culture by the Daily Telegraph, just that little publication. Oh, and uh, what's that that I have in my notes here? Oh, yeah, he's been knighted. Of course he has. Of course he's been knighted because, you know, no big deal. And to be honest, I have a confession to make, and a shameless one at that, but one that you may not know about me, and that is that I'm a wee bit of a theater buff. Not the kind that knows every song or writer or director, etc., but I do appreciate the theater and very much enjoy seeing a show. In fact, I'll be going to see Wicked within days of this episode's release as part of my Christmas holiday time off. And while I've never seen the real thing, as I mentioned earlier, reading and learning about it in the course of preparing for this episode has led me to vault it way up on the list of plays to see, if, if I'm able to do so. I don't even know if it's still in production or not. But if I can, I will. The written dialogue is, in this play, entrancing 
and extremely thought-provoking, something that Stoppard is known for in his writings. And as an example, consider this exchange between Annie and another character named Billy, who has a crush on Annie in the play. Annie says, There's no system. People group together when they've got something in common. Sometimes it's religion, and sometimes it's, I don't know, breeding budgies or being at Eton. Big and small groups overlapping. You can't blame them. It's a cultural thing. It's not classes or system. There's nothing really there. It's just the way you see it, your perception. Billy says, Bloody brilliant. There's people who've spent their lives trying to get rid of the class system, and you've done it without leaving your seat. Annie says, well, Billy, the only problem with your argument is that you've got to be traveling first class to really appreciate it. And I mean, come on. That's, to quote Billy, bloody brilliant writing. Right? You can't help but chuckle at the end. But as with many good quotes, when the initial humor wears off, you're left asking, wait, wait, what did I just, what did I just laugh at? And then the real thinking can begin. That's Stoppard. That's all of his writing. It's fantastic. And I really enjoyed digging into this particular play, the real thing, to understand better the man who wrote these words. And I would love to have been able to get Tom Stoppard on this podcast because I think he's just a fascinating individual with a fascinating story. He grew up through, he has grown up through some of the most challenging times the world has ever seen. He was a child during World War II. He saw the entirety of the Cold War as a forming adult, and a fully formed adult for that matter. He wrote plays throughout all of this. And the way that he weaves so expertly his social critiques in with his plays, and you can tell the underlying individual who writes these plays has some very strong opinions. I think he'd be a fascinating guest. So if any of you have an in with Tom Stoppard, please let him know that Matt Monroe of Quotations Podcast fame would love to have him on the show. I suppose to gush just a little bit more about Tom Stoppard and his writing, his ability to hide messages and lessons and, and these, again, social critiques in plain sight in his plays is great. So let's one more time consider the words of the co-main character, Henry. Now, in this scene, he's talking to Annie about another character named Brody. And Brody is imprisoned for burning a wreath in protest. And Annie takes up his cause throughout the play. And she and Henry are debating the delivery of Brody's ideas. Henry, a writer, thinks that Brody can't really write, and therefore his points are less valid. And Annie accuses Henry of elitism, and we arrive near the end of the argument at Henry's words. Henry says, quote, I don't think writers are sacred, but words are. They deserve respect. If you get the right ones in the right order, you can nudge the world a little, or make a poem which children will speak for you when you're dead. End quote. And this is a great quote, not because I agree with the context, because I don't fully, but because it chisels out a place for words. Words are what this entire podcast is about. So I appreciate it from that perspective. And I've referenced on this show before, and perhaps I should just do an entire episode on the quote itself, the words of a mentor of mine from a few years ago, when he said, learn to write so your words will echo through time. That is what Henry is saying here. He's certainly being elitist and a bit of an ass in the way he's framing Brody. But what he's saying here is through inference that if Brody could write better, his message would carry more weight. Think about that. There's another famous quote that I like that goes, Don't raise your voice, improve your argument. And if my memory serves me well, that was Desmond Tutu who said that. And how very applicable the joining of that quote is to today's quote. 
How often do we see people shouting, or more accurately, all caps typing, into the void about one subject or another? It's part of the reason I dislike, but I do understand, the use of Twitter for conversational purposes. As it's a character-limited platform, there's only so much that can be said in an improved argument format, right? To quote Tutu. It is an imperfect medium to discuss highly complex and nuanced topics, which is why you rarely see highly complex and nuanced conversations taking place there. What you see instead is vomit of the fingertips. You see things being thrown out at accusations being made and names being called and piss-poor arguments being levied against one another, and people call that conversation and debate. And it's not. It's not in the truest sense of the word. There's very little measure. There's very little ability to elaborate. Now, yes, you can post a long string of things, and some people do that to great effect. But for the most part, people will read two or three posts in, think they get the gist of what it is that you're trying to say, and fire back with their own response. And then you get the people that love to just troll those types of comments threads and throw things in there that are completely irrelevant to the topic at hand. That's Twitter. And you can see why, if you're going to discuss a deep and difficult topic, that's not the place to do it. I understand why people use it. It's instantaneous information. It allows people to get their voices out there and be heard. People who might otherwise not be heard. But in terms of engaging in intense intellectual debate, that's not the place. I beg you to prove me wrong. If you can show me consistently intelligent debate of high quality, I'd love to see it, but I haven't found it on Twitter yet. In short, it is an imperfect medium to discuss highly complex and nuanced topics, and I think Henry wouldn't like it either. And what Henry is saying here is that as much as what you are trying to say is important, the way in which it is said matters. Get the right words in the right order, and you can nudge the world. In that way, it's like a Rubik's Cube. Or those little pegboard games that you play at Cracker Barrel, if you've ever seen those. The little triangular ones with the, with the little golf tees. Do the right steps in the right order, and you win. Don't, and you won't get the kind of results you're searching for. So in that way, crafting any opinion of substance that makes an impact is like a puzzle. It takes time to perfect your argument. It's, it takes rumination and iteration. And it's not enough to want to make a point. Everybody wants to make a point. Everybody has an opinion that they feel strongly about. They'd love if everybody else would just get on board with their idea. If the world would just listen to me, we wouldn't have this problem. Right? You can scream lunacy at the top of your lungs, and very few people will listen. Some will, undoubtedly, but very few. But if you want to make a compelling speech and compelling arguments, you must think about what to say and also how you say it. And this is perhaps another reason why social media isn't the ideal medium to move the world. It's far too easy and tempting to slap together some argument, perhaps meant to deliver a blow to those with whom you disagree, slam your finger down on the send arrow, and think you've done it. Only then to find out that you were easily refuted or completely ignored and screamed right back at. But wait, you may think, I, I crafted this opinion, even if you did craft it with deliberation and rumination and iteration and all the things we're talking about here and then hit send, it's still not guaranteed to land. Because nobody's required to read it. Nobody's required to listen to what you're saying. Nobody's required to take you seriously. There is no way to differentiate most of the time in a social media platform between garbage typed out while sitting on the toilet or waiting for the bus or killing some time while you wait for someone to do something and things that are actually measured and well-researched and documented and have 
and have sources that are actually useful and verifiable. Reasoned, measured, and compelling speech doesn't always come naturally. It is a pursuit we must work at if we want to nudge the world. And this is another important nuance of this quote. Note the use of the word nudge, and not move or shake or rock the world. Managing your expectations is important in what you write and say. Don't expect that you're going to upset the paradigm with one line, one stanza, one paragraph, one zinger. How grandiose of us to even think that that could be a possibility. Understand that your quote-unquote adversary is equally or more passionate and entrenched in their paradigm and belief as you are in yours. Manage your expectations and small progress will be acceptable. And you'll avoid feeling like you need to double or triple down or raise your voice in the hopes of creating larger change than you're able. That's our lesson today. Be deliberate in how we craft our words. Pick the right ones, put them in the right order, ruminate on them, iterate on them, and then put them out into the world. Then put them into a conversation. It's why it's so dangerous to engage in these conversations when you're emotional. Because when you're feeling emotional about a specific topic, very rarely are you able to think clearly. And that should come as no shock. That's not a great revelation. But it's important to remember. Perfecting our arguments in our speaking and writing is a pursuit that is well worth our efforts. So let's do that today. Let's work on perfecting our arguments and presenting our opinions in compelling ways. Henry would like that. Tom Stoppard would like that. And I think we will too. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback and thanks as always for listening.